Well, this, this is it, right? I remember in Edinburgh, my boyfriend's mum came mm. over and this is in Edinburgh in the summer in during the Fringe Festival, which is the biggest arts festival in the world. The size of the city grows about two or three times. Like it, it is crazy. But at one point my boyfriend's mum was like, oh, there's just so many people here. Like you're one of the mm. people. You you've come yes. here. Yes. You've come here. You're one of them too. I know. You, you're it's going so to the funny. castle and have a look around. You can't get angry at all these other people. Yeah. It's you. I do this a lot. I really and I ha- especially in the last couple of years, actively try to suppress or like, you know, notice and and acknowledge and move past that part of me that goes to a busy place and is like, oh, all these fucking people here. And just be like, Look at us enjoying this communal space. Like it's yes. so lovely that we've all come here together to share this space. Mm. But it's true, as I kind of want to talk about, that, you know, yeah, when when tourism becomes the predominant quote unquote industry or even just like purpose of mm. a place, that fundamentally, like the way that it's run at the moment anyway, makes it less livable for people. And I think there's also, I'm, I'm interested, particularly some of the reading that I did while I was um, overseas about how this fits within, uh, you know, a, a discussion or a conversation about like commodifying spaces and commodifying nature and, mm. you know, the idea of, of ecotourism and of commodifying a place in order to preserve it and, and protect it. And is there a better way or is that, you know, a valid venture? I, I, I'm not sure, you know, is it, yeah, am I helping to, to preserve um, a, a culture or a place when I go there to appreciate it and maybe fund its preservation? Or would it be better if it was just left to the people who have always been there and mm. can just do their own fucking thing and maybe I should just stay home? <laughs> Do you have an answer for this question? Uh, I don't know. Do you? Maybe then we can ah! just finish the show and then we're done. <laughs> what am I? Tr- I mean, I think perhaps the most extreme example. You've never been to Bali, have you? Been to Bali? I haven't. No, but I no. I felt when I was in the Philippines, there was that more yeah. that experience that you have as like a um, white person in yeah, in, you know, that's not the global south, but in like an Asian country, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's probably the most the most extreme example that I would have experienced, I suppose. Everyone knows, of course, Bali is um, has been completely transformed and is in many parts of Bali are entirely geared towards um, Australians uh, or yes. Western tourists uh, completely. Um, uh, I mean, there are some laws in regards to ownership of property and stuff, like only mm. Bali locals are able to, to own property, which is interesting. I think foreign people can take out like a 99-year lease or whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, there are sort of those preservations. But there are also some guidelines. I see you've, you've written here, removing local access in favour of tourists Yeah. Um, to certain things. I mean, I believe in Bali, some nightclubs, it's like, you know, tourists would pay five bucks or whatever and locals, it's like you know, six times that for a local yeah. to enter the same venue. Very bizarre. Yeah. And and even, I mean, even just the fact of like privatising spaces, like when you go to a lot of places around the world, the fact that beaches are privately yeah. owned and you have to pay to access the fucking beach, which, which is quite insane to Australians. Like I think it's interesting yes. that that's not common in Australia yet and I suspect maybe it will be in the future, quite sadly. Yeah. Who knows? We might see that happen. Um, but I think as well, yes, there's, there's that thing of like people searching for a um, an authentic experience. They want to mm-hmm. learn about and experience other other cultures and places and foods and and things like that. And the more real it is, quote unquote real, like the more valuable. And so that's obviously an opportunity. Uh, it's a business opportunity to create an easily accessible 
and, um, you know, uh, what, what's the word? Yeah, like a, a saleable product mm. of sanitized cultural version. product. Yes, yeah. yeah, which then ironically usually becomes so far removed from the original thing that people wanted to experience. And I think most people, certainly most people that I speak to, I speak to, I think maybe this isn't all portions of the population, but people like us are always trying to get beyond the tourist traps, mm. right? And and sometimes I wonder whether it's like, yeah, is it better to just stay within the, you know, within the guardrails of like where they want the tourists to go and just like leave the rest? Or does that place even further strain on these like heavily overloaded centers um and and experiences and further feed an industry that see that that has seen that you know if you commodify something you can get rich from it rather than just kind of living it and letting people experience it um there was this like sounds like you had a great holiday by the way <laughs> yeah yeah i was just relaxing i was just relaxing i was this is what, this is what it's like it's this is what it's like to live in the world as a fucking just leftist, isn't it? the parody of a Greens voter. Just, oh, is this okay? Am I, how can I, um, oh. is this problematic? It's so this embarrassing, holiday? isn't it? It's really embarrassing. Just have a fucking I saw, beer, mate. Not- Chill out. <laughs> Serious danger.